Hi, and welcome to the Seven Elements of Wellness podcast. I'm Trisha Marcus. And I'm Lacey Wall, aka L-Dub. And we are the creators of the Seven Elements of Wellness lifestyle routine, dedicated to helping you feel good more than you don't. The Seven Elements of Wellness are spiritual, mental, emotional, relational, nutritional, physical, and financial. And what we found is that we're all living these elements. It's how much attention are we giving each one. Because where your attention goes, your energy flows. When you combine them all and they flow together, it's powerful. This is personal development combined with an overall wellness program. After over 15 years spent on our own health and wellness journey and trying countless practices and modalities, we discovered it's not woo-woo, it's wellness. Woo-woo. Each one of us is on our own path, and what resonates with one might not resonate with another. The purpose of this podcast is to save you time, money, and energy by bringing you the knowledge and the tools that can help empower you and meet you where you're at. It's really a journey of self-love, a foundation to help you be the best version of yourself and let go of the version of you that tells you you're not. Learning to get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable and just be. Let's go. Let's see how many days in a row we can flow. another episode of the seven elements of wellness podcast i'm your host courtney stoll and i'm here with tristan lacy once again <laughs> hey, hey yes our guest today is christopher john stubbs he is a consciousness coach which that is so all-encompassing all embodying this interview is so powerful i want you to share with us how you met him how did you how did you become introduced to him lace and i were invited to attend a live your magic event i thought it was like a business building event for entrepreneurs is what I really thought it was. And so we were surprised to show up and and there's probably about 25 people there for the event. It was a two day event and half of the people there were men. And within 30 minutes to an hour, I quickly realized this was like nothing I'd ever experienced before, right? (laughs) It was profound and I think healing parts of us that we didn't even know needed healed Mm -hmm. with masculine energy. Interestingly enough, within the first hour, I don't know if anyone out there has ever done soul gazing. That was one of our very first moments in this retreat was to be in a circle and directly walk in front of the person across from you to lock eyes with them and have this moment of really looking into each other's souls and then to go a step closer and be belly to belly and look into someone's eyes. And I get this big burly bearded man in front of me. (laughs) So you can imagine, first of all, everyone's crying around you because it's intense to stare someone in the eyes for a long time like that and to really just hold that space for them. But the most profound for me is I'm looking at this burly man and he's not looking at me with lust in his eyes. He's not looking at me with judgment. There was nothing but like divine love. And that is what Christopher has done with these men. He calls the divine men of sovereignty. He has helped bring in their feminine energy to make them just, I don't know, I said it was like looking into the Lord's eyes. Like, I don't know, it just felt so safe and comforting. And really changed the way that I saw men show up for each other, hugging, loving on each other, but still like strong men. It was just beautiful to witness. For sure. For sure. And I've known, I've known of Christopher for the 18 years I've lived here and I've seen him in various communities and just doing good things. And it was that live your magic event that really, I was really grateful for to get to know him more. It's really cool to be able to get a more, a greater understanding of, of the masculine and feminine energies. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. was a really big thing for me. And, and and a lot, like Trish said, a lot of things that I wasn't aware of. So the thing I love about Christopher is that I've really learned from him 
how to take radical responsibility of myself and to really how to, you know, masculine, feminine, just really how to nurture yourself. He makes me feel so comforted and peaceful in that divine energy that he's created and that he shows people how to tap into. And it's just amazing how he can do that for, for everyone. You know, masculine, feminine, it's just the love, the love that he has for people, for himself and for others. And that's, that's the greatest gift you could give someone is to show them how to love themselves. So it's beautiful. It's really shown me how to, yeah, to nurture myself because I didn't really know that I knew how to do that and to really hold myself and let my no, let myself know that I'm okay. Like, hey, little Lacey, it's okay that you're angry or that you're sad or that you're crying. You know, it just gives you a different perspective and really has helped me a lot with uh, being easier on myself. And like I said, just that self-love. So amazing, incredible individual. So I'm excited for this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for everyone to experience a little bit of Chris. That's right. Hello, Christopher. Welcome to the Seven Elements podcast. Hi. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Now, you are a consciousness coach. Yes. Which sounds really deep. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Tell us a little bit about what that means, what you do, and, and can you share a little bit about your story with us? Yeah. So consciousness coach is is deep and many, many layers, and it's ever evolving. Mm -hmm. My consciousness journey began 21 years ago. I mean, before that, but really I dove deep about 21 years ago and have been since. So it it ventures anywhere from how to make more money, how to market, how to sell, but also how to thrive in relationships and then the deeper interpersonal stuff like clearing guilt and shame, doing your shadow work and, and your inner child work and emotional intelligence and communication and all those things. And then also a lot around energy healing, uh, shamanism. I've studied with Native American Lakota Indian tribe for years and not just like not study like in books, like no, go out in the mountains and do vision quests and participate in Lakota ceremonies, um, vision questing, those types of things. So it's kind of, you know, as I tell more in a moment about my story, I've been diving for 20 plus years into how to make my life better and a portion of the way into that journey. i couldn't help but want to help others as I noticed the improvements in my life. Um, and coming from the childhood, I came from where things were modeled that didn't really work very well. And then seeing those patterns widespread uh, throughout the culture yeah. and the social environment, um, I've just become an avid student and an ongoing avid student for life to how do we do all this better? How do we do this in a way that works? How do we thrive in our relationships and our finances and really shine in our zone of genius and make a positive difference and fulfill our spiritual purpose and potential. So it's, you know, I also did a lot of Ironman and and intense physical things, fasting and all kinds of things, breath work. And so it's kind of boils down to four main areas that I focus on. It's if I feel like if we thrive in our health, our relationships, our finances and our spirituality, everything else kind of works itself out. Yes, I love that. And that that's right along the lines of seven elements and mm-hmm. focusing on those on those specific areas. I'm so intrigued by this concept of consciousness mm-hmm. that, that you work with. And you work with clients all over the country, right? All over the world. All over the world. And your message is so powerful. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of get into that just a little bit here. I want to talk, like, can we talk about men? Let's talk about <laughs> men today. I, I just feel like a lot of women in the world 
are waking up, you know, they're breaking free from patterns and they're stepping into the maybe quote woo woo a little bit faster than the men. And for the men who are in relationships with these women, it can be scary. It can be overwhelming. And let's talk about the relational element just a little bit. Yeah. So I think this would be a good point to share a little more about my my childhood, my story. Essentially, I feel like my parents mostly modeled for me how to not be in a healthy relationship, how to not thrive financially, how to, you know, spiritually or religiously, I don't feel like it was healthy and then health either, right? And so through my 20s, I essentially, my teens and 20s, it was just basically have a positive attitude, think positive, work hard, Mm-hmm. and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. When I went through a major heartache and, and divorce in my late 20s, that's when I really started. It was mid, mid-20s was the first round. That's when I really started diving deep and realizing that my approach wasn't going to cut it and that I needed to go within and find the unloved places and bring love to those places and to uh, clean up the traumas, the guilt, the shame, the pain, all the things that I'd been trying to ignore and just kind of bypass and think that positive thinking was enough. Mm-hmm. So when I first dove in for many years, when I would attend a retreat or an event, there would maybe be two, three men and dozen, two dozen, three dozen women. Mm-hmm. And it'd be me and one or two other guys. And usually those guys were, we, me and them at the time were men who were in a lot of pain right? We were in a lot of turmoil. We had very chaotic lives. And so our pain had reached a threshold where we were willing to go within. Mm-hmm. And in the childhood, there was also like, I was raised a farm boy, very um, farm boy style. Like you just grit, you be tough. You don't really express yourself. You, you just bypass all emotion. Uh, there was a lot of patterns of essentially gaslighting, not listening, control, manipulation, not knowing how to get in your heart, like all kinds of things. So after the divorce and the major heartache and coming up against knocking on suicide's door, Mm -hmm. uh, I realized I had to go within or the game was going to be over. Yeah. And it wouldn't be of service to me or my kids. And I just wanted something more for myself and my children. So for many years, it was that. Attend a retreat, a couple of men, a bunch of women. And that's evolved over the years. In fact, in this very same building that we're in, about six months ago, we had an event here with men and women, and we had the same amount of men as women here. Uh, It's 50-50, and that's evolved over the years to where more and more so, there's more and more men in the room, and they're showing up more and more consciously. So the women seem to get there faster and easier. I feel like it's just kind of in their nature. They're more spiritual, more flowy, more, you know, and they've been through a lot of suppression and different things. So they got there faster. And I see something that's rising up in the men now that's realizing we need to show up in a new way. And some of us have been doing that for a long time. And some of that's kind of still in the early, early adopter stage. And so that's a lot of what I do is work with men to for, for us, for the women, for the children, for the world, for the planet, for everything, because I feel like we're, we're not on a good course if we don't start to sort some of this out. Yeah. And you have a men's group, 
right? Where that you meet with once a week. And, and I know you do retreats for men and women, but I know you specifically work with men. So is there anything like a message or something you could share with men who are right on this verge? I think men, like you said, are raised to be the providers, to be the powerful one, to be the strong one and to carry, right? Just to carry it all for the family, for the job, for all of that. What would you say to men who are really at a crossroads, maybe in a relationship struggle or a job that's falling apart or just not feeling at peace in their life and they need to go within? What are those first steps look like? Yeah. So I want to first speak to, yes, there's those men who provide and protect. And they were kind of raised with a similar background to me where they're very strong, right? And they're just diligent and they do the best they can. They're carrying a lot of trauma, but they show up the best they know how. And they're overall good men with good hearts, but they there's so much trapped up inside them, pain and not knowing how to communicate, not knowing how to express and not knowing how to heal, not even knowing they need to heal. But you also have another thing that's been in the younger generations coming up, which is there's been an emasculation overall of men going on for several decades now. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, the Al Bundy representation of the masculine. You've got the Homer Simpson representation of the masculine. If you look at all the shows, they mostly represent the masculine as the toxic masculine or the weak masculine or the, the doughty, yeah. uh, incompetent man, right? Yeah. And so to me, there's two main archetypes in men that have been dominantly being expressed in the world for quite a few decades, which is uh, the macho, disconnected men Mm -hmm. and the overly soft yet lost, like a a codependent empath that has what they call nice guy syndrome. Like he's not whole and complete within himself and he's scared to embrace his masculinity because he may become under scrutiny and attack in, in a pretty intense way. And so it seems to be two major divides there. Like that those are kind of the main archetypes that have been available. And what I'm standing for is saying, hey, let's have the grit, the discipline, the focus, the impeccable integrity, the strength, the providing and the protecting and the emotional intelligence and the softness and the availability and the presence. And at the deepest level, it's like, let's come into sovereignty. And what I mean by sovereignty is like, let's own 100% radical responsibility for everything in our life. Let's be man enough to receive feedback that doesn't is a hard pill to swallow. Let's be firm enough to say no, to know our limits and actually take really good care of ourselves and stop being doormats. But at the same time, let's be firm in truth, firm in love, firm in integrity and firm in a no that isn't based in ego and fight or flight response. It's based in truth. It's based in integrity. It's based in love and a no with love and a boundary. So we have boundary issues. We, like all, There's so many layers to it. And so being able to honor and respect all and to choose unconditional love and impeccable integrity under all circumstances and to quit letting your well-being be contingent upon your wife's well-being or mm. your lover's well-being. Yeah. Or, you know, they say happy wife, happy life. I, I don't believe that. There's some truth to it. But to me, there's four layers of anything we say and think that is truth. It could be true. It could be not true. It could be both true and not true, or it could be neither true nor not true. And (laughs) we tend to think it's black or white, and it's really an end. Everything boils down to an end. It's not either soft or hard. You have polarity coaches out there saying, the man's the leader, and he shouldn't express his feelings, and 
you're going to create polarity and she'll submit to you. And, and then you have the other guys saying, oh, just be soft and gentle and empathy, you know, like it's a it's both. Yeah. Right. How do I be firm in a kind way? How do I, how do I be flowy? How do we have the integrity and the banks of to the river that the masculine or the divine masculine can be while also being able to flow and receive all that the feminine brings, the feminine storm, the emotions, the feelings, the stories, the even the projections and the judgments and the fears and the fight or flight responses. Can you actually sit and be with and not have to fight or flee? So ultimately sovereignty being like we are no longer controlled by the, the fight or flight response because we've conditioned our minds and our hearts in such a way that we know how to breathe. We know how to feel. We know how to be. So here's one of my favorite quotes. The mind is the, where the soul goes to hide from the heart. Mm. So what does that mean? It means something happens outside of you or inside, but you, you observed something or you thought something and you had a big emotional response. The emotion was too much to take in. You didn't know what to do with it. You, you haven't been given the tools or the skills to transmute that emotion. And so what do you do? You jump up into your head and try to figure it out. You think you're going to have peace when you figure it out. Well, there's too many examples of people that spent their whole life ruminating in the head, trying to figure it out. Because what do we want at the end of the day? Peace, joy, love. We think we want money and sex and fancy things. What we really want at the bottom of all of it is peace, joy, love. Yeah. And when you have peace, joy, and love, all those things work out. Right? right? Don't you find that all those things fall into place? Yes. So one of my other favorite quotes, hopefully this isn't too racy, is uh, taking uninspired action is like having sex with your clothes on. (laughs) Right? So, uh, you know, if you're into sex, you're probably more interested in clothes off. Right? And so what does that mean in, in relation to life? If I'm acting from my conditioning, If I'm acting from my pain, from my trauma, from my stories, my doubts, my fears, my insecurity, if I'm not coming from center, from the essence of who I am, not my personas, not my survival mechanisms, not my reactions, but I actually get in my heart and in my soul, and I'm coming from that place, I can be inspired on every action I take in business, in relationship, in parenting, in everything. And from that place, infinitely greater magic can be created. Yeah. Than trying to formulate a life in the future that isn't shaped by the past. So what does that look like to come from a space <laughs> of your heart? I mean, I know you cannot get there overnight, yeah. like literally, but it's I'm hearing ego and and the mind and all of those things seem to get in the way. And and I just feel like so much. I want the men here to have a voice like mm-hmm. I want the men to be able to be validated and heard and understood in a way that they can be supported by their partners, by their women, you know, right? Yeah. If a man, if a masculine energy is truly coming from within that intuition, that mm-hmm. heart, that knowing, how do you create that so that that is, it's an instant for yeah. you. It, it's a reaction that yeah. comes or responding that's truly from intuition or mm-hmm. the heart. So I'll start by speaking to another aspect that I feel like is very important to this masculine coming from the toxic masculine or the the hurt masculine or the unintegrated boy. And it is that every culture in the history of anything that we're aware of other than Western United, you know, Western culture, modern Mm -hmm. culture has had rites of passage and initiations from boyhood to manhood. And there's many of them. I've studied it for years now, and I believe it's a key part of what's missing. 
when you grew up being raised by a single mother or an absent father, raised by video games and TV that was all loaded with all kinds of toxicity, yeah. every, relation, every song we've ever heard pretty much and every movie we've ever watched pretty much was a modeling of codependency. Mm-hmm. It was a modeling of toxic relating. It showed us how to withdraw love when things were rough, how to judge, how to blame, how to make someone else responsible for our happiness, to feel like someone else was going to complete us, etc. And so there's a series of initiations. There's a lot of things they've done in indigenous cultures to initiate, like take a boy out on a hunt and away from his mother, maybe around the age of 12 and spend a week or two or three in the jungle with his dad. And and there's all kinds of ways they go about that. So without going too far into that rabbit hole, some of the ones I feel like are most relevant to today's society, there's a book uh, called, I don't remember the order of the words, but it's like King, Lover, Warrior, Magician. And I might have mixed those, the order of that up. And there's other books along the same topic, but all of those initiations hold a very important role in my mind to what's helped me and what I like to help men with. Well, one of those, the lover initiation, I feel like is one of the most critical to this relationship dynamic. And in, or let me say what it's done for me as I've been, and none of this do I feel like I've arrived. I don't feel like I've arrived on any level. So the space I'm speaking from is, and I figured all this out and pay me money and you can too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're always on our journey, right? right? I mean, I I think the person that I would want to trust the most Mm -hmm. as a coach is someone who is so vulnerable Mm -hmm. in, this is what I figured out. Let me teach you what I know and let me tell you what else is coming to me and let's do this together. And I'll also show you what my my ugliness and my weakness and my struggles and yeah. my humanity right it's that's so part beautiful. of it yeah, yeah totally part of it and so the lover initiation for me when i discovered it and it was through multiple layers i went down for a week in colombia working with some shaman and my intent for that entire week was please help me come to know the divine feminine within mm-hmm. Mm. Let me experience not I've been intellectualizing and studying and trying to basically break through my own codependency. And I knew that there was a key in the divine feminine and I'd been studying all these things, but it wasn't I still wasn't accessing it. And so I I was listening to this beautiful audio over and over a guided meditation by Sarah Blondin on the Insight Timer app. It's uh, Loving and Listening to Yourself is the title of it. And it was helping me so much to just really stop and instead of ruminating in my head and being lost in my head to stop and hear myself and say put my hand on my heart and say I love you and I'm listening and the emotions that arise after a lifetime of not feeling not acknowledging the hurt one within not listening to yourself not holding yourself and looking for a woman or someone or something outside of you that if I get enough money or enough sex or enough validation or being hurt or whatever outside, that then I'll be whole. So trying everything to get that outside. And it, it's one of the number one causes of this, the biggest struggles in relationship. And so as you start to know how to give yourself that love and that listening And part of the radical responsibility, like I'm responsible for every result in my life and I am the source of love. I'm the source of my own peace. I'm the source of my own well-being and validation. And if I don't feel heard by you, it's because I'm not hearing me. If I don't feel supported by you, it's because I'm not supporting me. 
if I don't feel loved by you, it's because I'm not loving me. Well, that was helping me with that, that guided meditation. And then I go to, to Columbia with the shaman and my whole intent for that week was show me, let me know and feel in my bones the divine feminine. And I, I felt like, um, like a divine feminine mother, like if, if you describe it as maybe a heavenly mother, came and, and let me feel her love. And it opened up new, I got a taste, I got a glimpse, I got a sense of what that was. And so uh, since then, it's been many years, I've been continuing to explore and expand and integrate into that. And I was inspired to create what I call the divine love embodiment practice that I would do multiple times a day where I learned how to just intuitively, reliably tap into on a daily basis, feeling the love of like a heavenly mother or a divine feminine love. That was like the love maybe that my mom wasn't capable of giving me or the needs that I didn't have met because essentially at the end of the day, attention is a currency of relationships. The essence of when we were born, we were perfect, beautiful souls. All the boys, all the girls, we're all just little boys and girls and big bodies. And our needs weren't met, none of them. None of our, not none of our needs. None of us had all of our needs met. It's not the design of life. It, we're designed to not have some of those met to then take on personas and forget who we are to then remember and then maybe help some other people remember, right? And so connecting with that divine feminine consistently, I began to need less and less outside of me. I was no longer trying to fight her to get her to hear me or validate me or love me or nurture me or fix me or make me whole. And one of the things that happens for men from this place when we don't have the lover initiation is we're longing for peace, love, and joy, just like everybody. The divine, whether it be feminine or masculine, but there's we've been presented a, a concept of God that's only masculine, which tends to have a lot of guilt and shame and right and wrong and good and bad and Santa and Jesus and God are all keeping a list. And, you know, you're not going to get presents if you're a bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, it's like if I'm a really good boy then maybe I'll get sex and then I can feel the divine and then I'll be okay. And so let me go around my whole life, not on purpose, not, not being a man who is connected with his essence, living on purpose and prioritizing his relationship with his divinity or divinity itself and living from that place, a weak, empowered man that not totally weak, like you're strong and you're brave and you're courageous, but because of the disconnect, we're trying to get it from outside of ourselves. And when we don't have it within, we can't get it without. Even if they loved us perfectly, we couldn't receive it. Yeah. We can only receive their love to the degree that we have given it to ourselves. And we can only love them to the degree that we give it to ourselves. And so then I, I've been meditating for about 20 years. And I was going through some major relationship struggles. And this divine love embodiment was just helping me so much. And then I started diving deep into meditation on a whole new level. I listened to a book called uh, Living Untethered by Michael Singer. I listened to Autobiography of a Yogi, and I began to integrate more and more deeply and go to these deeper and deeper, more beautiful and serene and peaceful, loving, joyous places within by connecting with divinity in silence with myself. And every day I began to integrate more and more deeply to no longer identify myself as the hurt 
scared, hardworking, you know, like all the things and more like, oh, that divinity is always here. It's who I really am and start to live as the divinity that I was born as that my soul is and always has been rather than the conditioning that my, this character that we call Christopher has developed into over life with all the heartache and all the experiences. And so that's one of the biggest keys is essentially the lover initiation is that you have prioritized cultivating a relationship with the divine within in such a way that you no longer need, need anything outside of you to make you whole. And from that place, you begin to be able to relate with all else instead of from a reaction you you begin to relate as your soul instead of your lower heart or your lower mind or your animalistic responses. And that's one of the most critical keys to a man being able to show up for himself, for women, for children, for other men, and to stop exploiting the planet. Wow, that was beautiful. I, I am just soaking all of that in right now. <laughs> that was amazing. That was beautiful. There was a quote that I I wrote down before we, we met that I saw on your blog, and it says, you always get what you subconsciously want, not what you say you want. So I think it's easy to hide behind words and behaviors and what I say. But can you talk a little bit about that? Because to get where you just brought us... If you're not consciously even saying there's a problem, mm -hmm. I'm good, I'm fine, I don't know what their problem mm -hmm. is. How do you identify, wow, I, I could do some work here. Mm -hmm. How does the subconscious really control that? Or is that the right word? I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. So we'll start with this quote. In life, in relationships, in business and everything, you don't get what you want. You don't get what you deserve. You get what you're committed to. Mm. And you know what you're committed to based on results, mm. right? This is radical responsibility. If this is the result in my life, I'm responsible for it, not anyone else. And responsible, we, we have it wired that responsibility and blame are the same thing. But if you break down responsibility, it's actually ability to respond, right? It's not shouldering a burden. It's not taking on guilt and shame. It's not saying I'm to blame, it's actually not healthy to ever say I'm to blame or you're to blame. Mm. But this is the result. I can know based on results, this is what I'm currently committed to. And from this place, then there's a four-step process. I can face what is. So it's F-A-C-T, fact. Face what is, accept responsibility, and accept what is, as it is, instead of fighting reality. Choose what you really most want that aligns with your highest expression, your highest self, your, your ideal life vision, the life of your highest choosing, and then commit to that and take action. So F-A-C-T, face, accept, choose, take action. And so from that place, we begin to be empowered with radical responsibility to no longer play the victim to anything. Mm, yeah. We still have feelings. We'll still feel victimized, but we won't believe the stories in our head playing out. We'll go, oh, there's a story in my head that I'm a victim. Yes, this sucks. Yes, my feelings are valid. And it's safe to feel them and to breathe and to connect with my divinity, face what is. Whether it's a 12-step program or anything, one of the first steps is face. Mm -hmm. I'm this. This is it. This is the result. And I have a choice. Yeah. Right? And so as we face, accept, choose, take action, we begin to move forward and take conscious choice about how we shape our life. And it can be a hard pill to swallow 
I have to look at the stuff I do, not just keep blaming anyone or anything else. Yeah. But the good news is the power is finally in our hands to do something about it and to create what we want because we are creators. Like like begats like. A peach tree produces peaches that have peach pits that produce peach trees that produce peaches. <laughs> yeah. And a lion produces a lion <laughs> and a wolf produces a wolf. None of them produce something else. So like begats like. So if we exist, we were created. Yeah. If we were created... We were created by some creative source. No matter your belief about God or not God, something or someone created us. And if like begets like, we are therefore creators. And so if we're not creating consciously, we are out of integrity because integrity means to be aligned with one's true nature. And our true nature is to create. And ideally, that means to consciously create beautiful things that are of service to all. And so we begin through radical responsibility which requires self-reflection, owning our shit, loving our unloved places, facing all the hard stuff, showing up in impeccable integrity. And, and impeccable integrity, am I always in impeccable integrity? No, but I've been ever expanding into that for two decades or whatever, right? Like all of this, the sovereignty, the, the, all of it, it's, it's an expansion. It's not a I've arrived, I figured it out. It's a every day facing, accepting, choosing, and taking action. And it's a step-by-step, layer-upon-layer, Peeling off the layers, the, the, the costumes, the masks, the shadows, the, the shields, the guards, taking the walls down. And we've, we've put walls up to protect our heart. But essentially, that's like if you were in a medieval city and you were the ruler of that city and you put up walls in a moat to block out ever being hurt again. You also block out the wonderful people that might come through. Yeah, true. But if in the center of that city we placed a ball... Uh, that was lit up with the magic of love and light as bright as the sun that no darkness could enter. We could stand there with no walls, with wide open hearts and be safe, right? So it's the ability to not like we put ourselves under siege and block out love and goodness when we try to block out pain and darkness. But as we embrace ourselves as being like a sun, like I am within me, the core of my being, is the most magnificent love and light and power and truth and integrity and goodness. Therefore, my light is so bright that no darkness could penetrate. The sun is not scared of the shadow beneath the tree. Mm -hmm. There's no shadow beneath any tree, any wall, any canyon, anywhere that could do anything to the sun ever. The only thing that made that shadow was something blocking the light of that sun. So if, as we embody... This is, ties back to the lover initiation. The more I commune with divinity and come to know myself as the divinity that I am, no darkness can enter here. And I can take all the walls down and love full out the entire world and all that is and be safer than ever before because I've embodied it within. I don't need anything outside of me to do that for me. Wow. That's a mic drop right there. <laughs> to have this kind of self-love, could you imagine? How do we work with you? How do we connect yeah. with you? So I have a lot going on. Um, in April, we have an event coming up called Rise Sovereign. It's for men and women. We created 100 spots. Uh, you can look that up at risesovereign.com. Uh, Going to be beautiful. It's all about masculine and feminine harmony, both within ourselves as well as 
creating that in our outer worlds. And that's a movement that I'm doing through my nonprofit organization, the Ascension Foundation. Uh, so normally for my events, I charge several thousand dollars. We're only charging $444 for this event. Basically, we figured out what could we for sure cover costs with. If there's any extras, we're not going to even take any profit to ourselves at all. It'll only fuel the next event or furthering that movement. We're, we want that to be a true movement, not guided by making money. So essentially what happened is we attended a ma- an event in this building called Live Your Magic. And 10 of the men of sovereignty. So I have a run a group called the Men of Sovereignty. It's the most amazing thing to laugh and to cry with men every single week and to share our hearts so deeply and to support each other in thriving in every aspect of our lives and every day and every week further integrating into our own sovereignty and bringing that forth in the world. Well, about 10 of us showed up to an event here that was a men and women event. And the most powerful aspect of the event that everyone reported on was how transformative that was to have that many men who've been that committed to their inner work for that long show up in a room and how healing that was for both men and women to see that you can be strong You can be gritty, you can be tough, and you can be soft and gentle and kind and present and not objectifying. And it was just so beautiful to witness, it inspired us to create a movement. And so we formed a group on Facebook called Masculine and Feminine Harmony, a beautiful group where we all just show up and commune and add any resources we find towards how do we further this cause to make this difference in the world. And one quick side note to that is as you integrate that masculine feminine sovereignty it helps you manifest in a way that doesn't require so much hard work and grit and being at war with yourself in life because when you can manifest with the masculine like i'm going to go out and hunt meaning i'm going to go make some money in today's world uh, or uh, any of that it's like i'm also going to just magically draw it in because i also have a magician not just a warrior (laughs) right and i'm whole within and so I'm not being drained from the relationship. That's how my lover initiation supports me, right? Yeah. And all these things. And so you start to bring in different aspects to make it easier. So uh, risesovereign.com uh, on Facebook is probably my biggest social media presence, Christopher John Stubbs. I also have a website called Ascend Your Limits. It's got some good stuff on there. We're rebuilding my website right now, ChristopherJohnStubbs.com. So that's under the construction, but you may be able to access it when you listen to this. What else? Men of the Wolf Pack. So I've rolled out a free version of my latest offering that I'm very excited about called the Wolf Pack. And this is built on, I'm creating a movement for men. I feel like the biggest work I can do for the planet right now is to help as many men as possible to embody this. This is for not just for the men, this is for all of us because we need it. And the reason why I decided to call it the Wolf Pack is a lot of the men's work out there is... Either really soft stuff, this is a little judgmental, but I I call them soy boys, (laughs) or there's like the super hyper-masculine macho stuff that's like, be a warrior, be a king, I'm a lion. (laughs) Um, And I wanted something that represented, yeah, this is toughness, but it's also this other stuff. So I had read an article about how they introduced, reintroduced wolves to Yellowstone National Park. Hmm. And... It's fascinating. It's worth looking up. Uh, Yellowstone, they reinstated the wolves after killing them all off. And it brought balance pretty much equivalent to what you see in the Lion King Mm. versus hyenas versus the lions. It restored riverbanks. It brought back like a dozen different species that had faded because of this. Like like if wolves aren't there, then rabbits or whatever overthrive and then they eat all the vegetation and then the rain comes and the riverbanks wash away and all these things, right? So the wolf pack isn't about we're macho men. It's about we have power. 
and we're here to not bring back the macho man, but to bring back the most solid and sovereign and strong and dependable and trustworthy and integrous men with big, big hearts, leading with heart uh, to the world to restore this balance, this goodness to the world the way the wolves did in Yellowstone. So manofthewolfpack.com under construction as well, coming out soon, coming to a theater near you. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the main sources to, to find me. I also, yeah, Instagram and all the other things too, but. It's so inspiring to me. I just feel so, so much love and compassion for men right now. I just feel excited for this movement that's taking place, which is uniting all of us. It's yeah. so, so exciting. Okay. Any final thoughts as we're, as we're wrapping up? One of the biggest breakthroughs for me in this last year that I would love to share with you all in closing is whenever you find yourself triggered, off-center, not in ease and flow, joy, peace, and love. You know, I'm not a super religious guy, but scripturally it was said, and I, I receive truth from wherever it comes from. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. So you might take that as go to church and read your scriptures. Those are some tools that might help. I take it as what, what, what is heaven to me? Peace, love, and joy, right? It's my state of being. It's something on this planet, we have access to heaven and hell, and every choice we make determines how much heaven and hell we experience in this life. And there's a lot of things we can learn on how to be in heaven, no matter how much hell is around us, and no matter how much hell we might be walking at the time. And so become committed to peace, love, and joy above all. And this ties to that uh, uninspired action uh, quote. It's like having sex with your clothes on. If I come from peace, love, and joy, inspiration flows constantly. The second I'm in survival or fight or flight response, I don't have access to the truth of who I am, of the world. Like one of the other quotes I love is, we don't see the world the way it is. We see it the way we are. Mm. So everything we think we're perceiving or experiencing out there is just a projection of who we are and uh, currently who we perceive ourselves to be and how we're showing up in the world. So one person right now, there's many people in the world that are in absolute hell and there's many people that are in absolute heaven and many people that are all kinds of variations in between. And all of that is we have choice about that. And, and some of it requires a lot of inner work, a lot of self-love and all the things. But bringing it back to the core point is whenever you find yourself off center, not in your essence, not in ease and flow, not feeling peace, joy, and love, there's nothing more important than you can do than to go get there, whatever it takes. So when you're trying to, let's say your wife did or said some things that, that you threw yourself off center with. Notice how I worded that. She didn't throw you off center. You took what she said or did or didn't do or didn't say or the tone that she said or didn't say it in. And you did something with that that threw you off center. You did. And anything you do from that point, if you don't go get centered first in the essence of who you really are at the core is destructive. It will not create what you want. The love, the peace, the joy, the connection, the intimacy, the sex, the fun. You're not going to create that result no matter what you do, no matter what you say. So Einstein said, no problem can be solved from the same state in which it was created. Do not say a word and do not take an action until you get into a different state and a state that is peace, love, joy, essence, and center as the true being that you are, the soul, not the, not the story, not the reaction, not the pain, not the subconscious things that are playing out. We didn't really address that too much, but it's like all the unresolved stuff in you 
is running the show so that when she says or does things in a certain way or someone else does or the bank account changes in a way that you throw yourself off center because you're not connected with who you really are. You're connected with your fear and your stories about what's happening outside of you. So to simplify this, it's when you're not in that place of power from your essence, stop everything as quick as you can. If you have to work, go finish your commitments. If you have to show up for the kids or the wife or whatever, do it. But don't try to solve it by talking through it at this point. Go commune with your divinity, whether that's going in nature, doing a workout and then meditating or breathing or whatever it is. Doing a, go find my divine love embodiment practice on YouTube, whatever it is that can get you to that place. And then you speak and then you act from who you really are, not from that scared, sad little boy. This will change your life. Beautiful. You have given us such a beautiful message today. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a joy. Thank you. Hey, we would love to connect with you. We believe that community and relationships are a vital element. And when you're doing the work, sometimes it can feel lonely. It doesn't have to be. You can join us on our Seven Elements of Wellness private Facebook group. This is a group where you'll get ideas, be able to ask questions, and find the support of a like-minded community. You can also find us on Instagram at 7 Elements of Wellness. This is where you'll find out about upcoming events, look for inspiration, motivational quotes, and a lot of shares. Make sure to check out our website at 7elementsofwellness.com. Here you can learn more about our mission and connect with our sponsors. You can purchase merchandise and get the latest on local and live streamed events. You guys down for a challenge? We got you covered. Head over to the website for all your challenge info, purchase a lifestyle kit, or download your free checklist. If you'd like to create your own seven elements of wellness community where you live, reach out to us. We'd love to help you get it started. The Seven Elements of Wellness podcast is created and produced entirely by volunteers who are passionate about sharing this message and assisting you on your journey to feel good more than you don't. If you would like to contribute to helping us continue to bring amazing content through this podcast and community events, we would love your support. You can find us on Venmo under our business account at Life Integrated. Any donation is so greatly appreciated and we thank you so much. 